We all face some silent struggle, but trust me, you are not alone. I'm your host, MJ, and every week we break down a challenge, success, or struggle with someone who's also been through it. We learn from lived experience and love to share tools, resources, and concepts that might help you get off the struggle bus. Interested? Subscribe for more. Let's get into it. We're back. I am here with a wonderful guest who I've been wanting to have on the podcast. She didn't make it on season one. Also because I didn't ask her to be on season one because I was still struggle busting and trying to figure out what the hell I wanted to do with this. And you know. (laughs) (laughs) She's my bestie. She's known me for a while and she knows my nonsense. So (laughs) warning all of you that this episode might be a bit unhinged, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we disclaimers. Are... <laughs> so many disclaimers. But we are getting off the struggle bus is the point of this, Steffi. And I'm going to introduce her as her Instagram influencer way. She's she's good. Whatever. Uh, Y'all can't see me because for those who are listening to my, I'm covering my face because she's trying to I'll blow up my spot. Like we will see this. They're, they're you know, an, an addition we're doing this season is like clips of the video podcast don't worry i'm getting my youtube life together so stay tuned (laughs) she said we're getting engagement honeys (laughs) we're getting views we're getting views in the youtubes we're getting there but that's how she has me in makeup on my day work from home look i have my hair curled for this right so i know y'all are i put on eyeliner Yes. Well, we have Stephanie Crispin, a.k.a. Yum Crispy Pata for the Peloton folks. She is one of the administrators of Team Toon Day, a founding member of the Curse Out crew, giving me very hard side eye at the moment, two of the member groups of the broader Peloton community. She is blue check adjacent on Instagram and Twitter and all That's the That's just because everybody else we know is famous. It's not our fault. I'm just here for the vibes. Right? Like, I'm minding my business. And then my friends had to go and be famous on the internet. That was not me. It's not our fault. It's not our fault. Famous people. I'm not trying to be famous on the internet. (laughs) Follow hashtag CurseOutCrew. She's always getting tagged. This is why I joke. She is the mayor of Peloton Studios in New York City. Uh You know people Uh are going to try to take that. Oh, Oh, I know. Hey, man. People are ready to take the crown. I'm perfectly happy y'all can be in that studio you should be in that studio i don't care i don't own peloton studios no she doesn't i'm just saying i was there when we were recording out of janky ass christopher street and janky ass 23rd street where i memorized where the cameras were so that i could just not be on camera and be my full self but no now they got cameras in the ceiling behind the instructor they out here flash i was like y'all can't let a bitch live I love the like time. If, if I want a vibe, if I'm just trying to curse the instructor out, why you gonna put me on camera for? Stop blowing on my spot. <laughs> we are having Steffi on the podcast today because we actually have a shared struggle over the past couple of months. Girl. Uh, we both hurt ourselves in different ways. It's- I hate being injured, first of all. <laughs> Let me just put that out there. Like injuries, no matter how severe are trash, right? It's absolute garbage. It really made me reflect on just like how unfriendly 
our architecture is in New York City. I don't have an elevator. This is a second floor apartment. There's only stairs. So like when I first injured my ankle, like I thought it was just a little sprain, you know, whatever, whatever. No, like I literally couldn't walk for like a week. And so I have to use this office chair that I'm in as a wheelchair to wheel myself throughout the apartment. And uh, girl, like, like wheeled around. It was real sad. And then I would get my food delivered because I couldn't stand to cook, right? So I would have to like order Starbucks via Uber Eats. Like it was sad, right? And every time I'd answer the door, I'd hop on one leg. Oh. And the delivery guys would be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Because you know them bitches were judging me because the Starbucks <laughs> is around the corner. Yeah, the Starbucks like, is close to your house. I felt some type of way, but I was like, I also need sustenance. It's been about eight weeks. I'm still injured. I'm getting better. But I will say that <laughs> multiple podiatrists were like, how are you able to walk? I was like, I don't know. They're like, how's your pain tolerance? I was like, I'm a woman. So hi. <laughs> like the fuck? <laughs> Obviously. I'm like, this feels like a two, right? But I have an impact fracture. I like tore a couple ligaments. Like it's cute or whatever. I own a uterus. I am cisgender. And I have periods. So them joints can knock me out and I'm still worked, fully bleeding out, you know? Like, so that's why I was like, this ain't nothing for a thug. Like this ain't nothing. <laughs> they were like, you need to relax. And so a lot of this has been a process of what does it mean to scale back, but also be active. What does it mean to be disabled? Because mm. a lot of my friends are disability justice advocates or work in the disability justice space. And so really thinking about the ways in which like able-bodiedness is the default and also divorcing your value from what you're able to do because so much of the way society has programmed us is about what productivity, what output are you able to make versus I have inherent value as a human being. Yeah. So all of this last like two months has really been a period of self-reflection for me because I'm just like, well, you know, like, it's okay that I'm not able to do as much as I used to, but also just being really mindful of like what my body still can do. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just not a sit around and do nothing, bitch. Yeah. I'm not. No, you're not. I just am not. Um, (laughs) And so like, what is my crackheaded self doing? Like I'm out here doing core with like a busted ankle. Like it was crazy. I'm over here doing, you know, hollow holds. And bird dogs, because I don't got to be on my ankle. I could be on my knees. I could still do pushups for my knees. That's the thing I couldn't do for the past. So the day after Christmas is when I partially tore my MCL and my PCL. So specifically. I didn't even know what a PCL was. Exactly. So, you know, you hear all the basketball players hurting their ACL and they can't walk or whatever. Thankfully... I messed it up in such a way that I didn't need surgery. Like I messed it up just enough, but mm-hmm. had it been, had I fallen a different way, it could have been my ACL. But because it was my PCL, I literally could not bend my knee without screaming in pain. For context, I tripped over a stroller at a local museum carrying my son on our way out from the Liberty Science Center, right? Not my inner knock. Yeah. Oh, he dropped too. So we had to call the ambulance for him. So, wait, I didn't tell you this story? But you just knew I was hurt. Oh, she's giving me the side eye, y'all. You'll see it on camera. <laughs> so, 
my son is also her godson. So <laughs> I... you never tell me shit until it's already over. Peak Capricorn ass energy. You're like, oh, I almost died, but it's okay. This is very typical, y'all. Like she's so annoying. <laughs> she's so annoying. She's like, I almost died, but like whatever. Um, like, I'm here. Okay, we're alive. <laughs> so I trip. I drop him. He's screaming in the lobby of the, of the science center. We call EMS. He's fine. Thankfully, he like landed on the back of his head with the, the hood of his jacket. And EMS was like, not concerned. Went to the doctor for him the next day. Also not concerned. He's totally fine. Big-headed, hard-headed, usual JJ. <laughs> Valid. <laughs> but for me, I didn't realize I was actually – like something felt weird when I fell, but I was mm -hmm. so concerned with Jay that I didn't notice that I was in pain, like for real in pain, like something was wrong until an hour after we got home. So maybe two hours after the incident, I was sitting mm -hmm. on the couch and I was getting up to get Jay something or, or whatever. And I was like, I cannot get up. Like, what? I literally cannot get up without screaming flamethrower to the back of my knee. And I'm like, I can stand on my leg. I can bend forward I can lean this way and that way to the sides but could not for the life of me like bend like my the knee. hinge mm -hmm. the back hinge of my knee was partially torn so that's what the PCL is everybody PCL is the back of your knee that hinge if you mess that up you can't bend it yeah so that's that's where we're at but my PT says we're looking at about a month and I can take Jay to Sky Zone again in the trampoline park that he loves so much so yeah, I've been at doctors for a little bit. How have the doctor situations been for you? It's annoying because it's a foot problem, right? You can't just see an ortho. They're like, no, you have to see a podiatrist. And for those of you who have family members or are part of the medical field, most people shit on podiatrists. <laughs> no, I don't know that. Podiatry is a different, it's like chiropractor. Okay. It's a fewer years of school. It's not like allopathic medicine, like even within the medical hierarchy, right? It's like MDs, then DOs, then podiatrists, then chiropractors from like a level of respect within the field. I say this as someone whose father is an MD. So he shits on everybody, right? <laughs> like he's just like, oh, but you're not a doctor. Like you all, they're all doctors. They're just different kinds of doctors. And when I went to go see this podiatrist, he was like, you should be in a boot. And I was like, for what? I was like, isn't that going to fuck up my gait, right? It's going to put stress on my back because it's like uneven. Yep. I was like, I've been doing this for a month without a boot. Mind you, I was self-managing. When you normally get an ankle sprain, you know, you're supposed to do rice. <laughs> Rest, ice, compression, elevation. Is that an acronym that you made up? It's literally a real thing. Sometimes they extend it and make it price, right? Protection. Oh. If it's like a very severe sprain, and that's why that's they'll right. say that's like a very the Filipino acronym. That's why. <laughs> yes, but it's not. I didn't make it up. I'm not being ethnic. This <laughs> is the truth. Although the majority of podiatrists I have seen are Asian. I don't know why. He's like, I'll also order you an MRI. My MRI comes back. It's nasty, y'all. Like it's pretty bad. I saw it. I was like, oh. Oh yeah, that's oh. how I felt about my MRI. I was like, oh. <laughs> I saw that and I cried. I'm not going to lie. I was very oh, no. scared. I was just, also because I've never had an MRI before. And so that shit is terrifying. As someone who has generalizing anxiety disorder, like the fact you're not allowed to move 
ghetto. Zero stars. Don't like it. It's my ankle. So my whole body ain't in the thing, right? The, my whole body is not fully in the thing. So like I can see the little timer where it's like, oh, they're doing all the pictures and you have to have earplugs because it's loud as shit. Did not have a good time for the MRI. And then to see how jacked up my shit is, basically every part of my ankle was jacked up. I fell off a treadmill. (laughs) And because I have no sense, I was like, I can walk this off. And then I proceeded to get back on the treadmill and finish the class because mama didn't raise no quitter. (laughs) It was a mess. She got home and like it blew up. Super swollen, bruising. I was like, ooh. But by like day four, day five, I was able to put weight on it again. I would like to be able to self-support whenever I can. And that's where it really comes back to knowing what your own baseline is. Mm -hmm. Nobody's going to know your body like you know your body. So much of it has to do with your own self-awareness. Know the difference between pain and discomfort. I feel like part of the reason why I'm so far gone in my recovery is because I fundamentally work out all the time. I'm pretty strong and I have pretty good flexibility like decent flexibility because I do spin a lot. I do yoga. I do strength training. So I'm able to assess like what is within my current capacities mm-hmm. and then modify as needed. Justin is one of my favorite instructors. Ergo, why are we on Curse Out Crew? Because we curse that lady out because she is buck wild with her programming. Her and Tunday, those are my bitches, but I want to fight them constantly. Because <laughs> I'll be like, this is dumb. Who told you to do this? She always says like, no ego amigo right? Mm -hmm. Like if you need to modify, modify. It's still working out the same group of muscles. You're still building upon your strength. And eventually maybe you'll do the full expression. Some people may never be able to do the full expression, but it doesn't mean that you aren't capable. It just means your body needs different things. It's so much about making sure you're aware because like it's very easy for you to fall into the trap of these people know better than me because they have degrees, (laughs) right? Yeah. Like there's that white coat syndrome. Like people will feel off, but because they're like, well, this person knows better. They went to school for this. You know what your body's able to do and you know what normal feels like for you. Mm. And you really need to trust yourself because nobody's going to advocate for you like you do. How do you exercise that muscle of listening to yourself? I am an eldest sister. Mm. Okay. Like I have been the family project manager for years. Like... When things weren't going to get done, who steps in at this Steffi? A lot of the conflict within my family structure really comes from being parentified as a child and having to take on a bulk of responsibility that didn't allow me the space to be a kid. I'm the kind of person when I see a problem, I'm just going to, I'll be like, ah, Bahala now, like, I guess it's on me, right? Like, I'm not going to be like, oh, I guess there's nothing I can do about it. And so I'm just very action oriented. Yeah. Because if I see something, I'm going to do, like, I'm not the person the MTA is talking to when it says, when you see something, say something. I am the first person to be like, that's some bullshit. Okay, that's fair. I am coming at this from the middle kid gaslit through my childhood syndrome. I have anxiety disorder. So like, I am very quick to live in the future and try to control things. And so for me, movement is medicine because it forces me to be present and to be in my body and to really be cognizant of what my baseline is. Yeah. And then be cognizant of what does it mean for me to push? I actually didn't know what my baseline was as a as a person until my early 30s when I was living by myself after the divorce. 
that's the first time I actually was like, no, actually, this is my baseline. I think that everybody needs that. Do you know what I mean? I don't think that I could be the person that I am in relationship with him if I didn't have those years of being single. I'm also just confident that I'm fun. Do you know what I mean? That's the thing. I'm like, I'm a good ass time. (laughs) You are. (laughs) I am a good ass time. So I am confident that I can entertain myself, right? Like I'm good whether I'm with somebody or without somebody. I'm gonna have a good time. You are. It is not hard for me to make friends. People, you have to understand. She saw that I was taking a program at NYU. And she was like, bitch, you're at my school? And she found me. As I sit here <laughs> with my NYU Wagner mug. I was like, the fuck are you doing here? I'm like, I'm, I'm taking a program. What? <laughs> and now we are friends. For I'm life. an introvert. Like, I'm one of her favorite introverts. This is has, But that's an also collector. Because it's so fun. Do you know what I mean? It's like winning a game because introverts don't be fucking with people. Do you know what I mean? So when an introvert likes you, that means they really be fucking with you because they don't fuck with a lot of people. That, that well, You are special. That's what I need people to understand. If an introvert counts you as part of their inner circle, you are a chosen one. You are God's favorite. I say this as someone who is an extrovert, like, but like people talk to me. I don't necessarily need to do the work to make friends. People befriend me. And I'm just like, cool, whatever. Like, sure, you can be my friend, like, whatever. So it's just <laughs> weird. You know, like, it's weird. Like, I don't often have to like make friends. Yeah. Me. Yeah. That's why I just enjoy introverts so much. Cause I'm just like, nah, they have a discernment. <laughs> A lot of people who are just like groupies, like you can tell the energy shift when it's like somebody who just wants to be your friend because they like, like what you stand for or who Mm. you're around versus introverts really have to fuck with you because they're not going to waste their time with people if they don't have to. I'm an introvert and a Capricorn, so it just makes me Mm -hmm. like absolutely terrible, apparently. (laughs) Not terrible. Y'all just... Again, you have to be convinced what is the winning strategy. Like, oh, you do, in fact, make my life better. Okay, I'll allow it. Like, it's not, you know? Well, that's again good guidance of, like, finding your crew, right? Because I did have a question. This was more in terms of, like, Team Day and Curse Out crew. But finding your crew, your people that, like, get what you're about. You know, like, how how did you find yourself leading these two groups? And y'all are strong. Like, I see the posts and I see them call you out on the classes. Like, y'all are out here. You better. I I, like, I'm low-key embarrassed about it because I'm just like, guys, I'm just here to exercise. It's just because I'm loud and I don't give a fuck about telling them off. I'll just be like, this is some bullshit. They'll be like, oh, it's only five minutes. I was like, five minutes is enough to murder me. Yes. This was foul. I was just talking to you this morning. I was like, girl, you really trying to trick people, being all cute in your little pink and purple, being like, oh, it's only five minutes. Five minutes of violence. Yeah, and that smile while she's doing it, rude. She gets on my nerves. This is the beauty of the community, right? So much of it is like you find what brings you together, right? That's the, I, as a former community organizer, I'm all about what does it mean to have shared experience even across difference? What what are the things that connect you? Even if you're in different stages of life, have different experience, 
And within the Peloton community, people gather for different reasons. Some people gather from having shared careers. There's Peloton moms, right? Which is a huge group. Also, let the record show, I have a Peloton because of this lady. Oh, oh yeah. This is what I need people to understand. She is the reason I'm on the platform. Because back in 2018, nobody was on here. It was all old rich people. And (laughs) she was, look, for real, like, for the longest time, I feel like we were the youngest people on the platform as members. Mm -hmm. The instructors are our age. That's another reason why they are friends with me. Because it's like, oh, you got to teach all these work from home moms. Or like these rich ass professionals who are at the peak of their earning potential. Yeah. Right. Cause it was really expensive back in the day. So right. Expensive. So expensive. And so I took advantage of that zero APR, but <laughs> it was also like, at the time I had a shit ton of disposable income. Me and my ex-husband dude, were dual income. Dinks. Nope. We're dinks. Um, we're dinks. Yeah. We had a lot, a lot of, income, you know, but. And you know. so he was like, <laughs> nobody's on this bike with me except my girl that's in Texas, can you get this bike? And I was an avid spinner. My man, who was an accountant, yelled at me. He was like, you spend too much money on exercise stuff. (laughs) He was like, your budget does not allow this. You need to chill the fuck out. And I spit and cried and screamed and was really upset about it. I gave up my beloved Equinox membership. Still kind of sad about it. But because like those eucalyptus towels. I know, I miss Equinox. Wall Street, oh, please. I very much, I really do. I am a luxurious bitch. Like I love me a good experience. Same. (laughs) And so the fact that I had to give it up, I was like so upset. And when Maria was like, get a Peloton, basically I did a cost benefit analysis, y'all. I literally was like, well, if the monthly payment at the time was like a hundred dollars for the equipment and the subscription, it was like zero APR for three years. If I write it at least three times a month, that's equivalent to me paying for three soul cycle classes. And which is how we did the math. And he was like, fine, whatever. I'll split the cost with you. Thank you, Chad. Right? And he has used the bike like all of 10 times in like five years. And the way he uses it is rude. (laughs) Right. Listens to like podcasts or his own music and does the just ride. Like the way I get so angry. It's fine. I came to Peloton originally because of Maria. And then I was like, oh, trying to get the groove of it. My first ever instructor was Allie Love. I love her to death. Y'all need to watch her as hosting on the Dance 100 (laughs) on Netflix. I'm like, I'm not paid. I just love seeing black women win. I really, really feel like I got super into it once I found the Black Girl Magic Peloton Edition group. Yep. And at the time, because again, it was very like, it was like older, whiter. Mm-hmm. Like, it was like not necessarily something that I saw myself reflected in the rest of the community. Yeah. And for me, it was just like, oh, I don't know, whatever. And then I found BGM and I was like, oh, bet there are other Black women on this platform like that use it. And I joined the group in like early 2019. The group is still very small at the time. And now it's like, something disgusting like 30 36,000 women are in there amazing which is bonkers and I've met some of my very best friends through the platform and when Tune joined right she was like the darkest instructor on the platform we team dark skin over here but like she was literally the darkest person on the platform when she was joining and so I found it really important to uplift people that look like me in any space especially knowing how the membership was. So we basically coordinated. We're like, we're going to go lift this girl up so that she has a welcoming landing pad when she arrives. 
and I was taking her class and she premiered on the platform. That's my whole yeah. girl. And I broke my bike on the 2019 best of the decades class. And I remember it was near Christmas time and they couldn't send out a repair technician because oh, of all no. the deliveries. Yeah. So that's how I went to the studio. Cause I have an addiction and was like, you are not telling me I got to wait three weeks, four weeks for my bike to be fixed. What am I supposed to do? Yeah. So I was like, Oh, I can just go ride at the studio. And y'all, this was the golden days, right? This was before the panty when everybody got a Peloton. Yeah. Those classes used to be free. Yeah. Like they used to be free. Cause it, again, they just needed bodies extras. So it used to be like, go on the off peak times and you didn't have to pay. Yep. That's when I finally met her. I was like, girl, it's your fault. My bike broke. I was like, you decided to call out crazy ass resistance. And then my whole pedal snapped off. <laughs> I hope you happy. And so that's how we're friends. <laughs> like literally, I was like, the hell is wrong with you. You went and broke my equipment. You're bugging. So we're friends now. Yeah. That's my girl. I love her. I'm so proud of her to see her growth on the platform. And also her growth is within her own ability to like be an advocate for black women in general. Right. Like, if Y'all haven't read her book, please do. It's finally releasing on paperback and you know how much of a big deal that is because you have to actually be successful at a hardcover edition to get a paperback. So I'm yep. so gassed for her. But she talks about this, right? Like how when she first joined Peloton, she like removed all references to Black Lives Matter on her account. Yeah. She like archived. Yeah. Oh yeah, because she was nervous. She saw the membership. Yeah, that's Girl, true. Girl, the membership I know. was old and white. Yes. <laughs> Even finding other Filipinos, right? There's like the Peloponnoise tag. And I still have a little bit of an issue with how Asian Americans organize on the platform, right? Mm. I will say that that's a broader discussion because I'm just like, y'all. But that's also because think about the instructor pool. Yeah, like you've got Emma, who's only half Taiwanese, but she reps it all day, every day. Yeah, And Emma was like our only Asian instructor for years. Mm-hmm. Years. Yep, yes. <laughs> and then they added a DT when we added yoga as a formal modality. Yep. So that's one South Asian, one East Asian. We still don't have a Southeast Asian on the platform. We don't have a jungle Asian like us. <laughs> we have fancy Asians, but there's like no jungle Asians. Right. I think technically Samyo might be. Isn't he Chinese? I don't know. He might be of Chinese heritage, but from like Thailand, you know? Where are the Malays? Where are the Pinos? Where are the Laotians? Where are, you know, so much of it is like figuring out what is it that motivates you. For me, it was like being able to connect with people that look like me and have similar struggles to me. So mm -hmm. I always go, always gravitated towards based groups. Switching gears a little bit. This mindset of accountability and finding your people, aside from working out, we also like talking about money every so often. Girl, cash rolls everything around me, cream. <laughs> Speaking of books, I'm so excited for Berna's book. Bitch. You already know I pre-ordered that, even though I felt bad because I was like, oh, I did it through Amazon. No, I know. Because I, I want it faster. I'm sorry. All the nieces and nephews are getting this book. I'm going to be screaming about this book from the freaking rooftops. So if you haven't ordered it yet, pre-order. Bookshop.org is a way for you to support a local bookstore while shopping for it online. I am waiting for when she releases the book tour because apparently Me too. there's a New York stop and you know damn well my ass is going to be at that one. Obviously, we're going to be there together. What are you talking about? I know. I know. Obviously. So we're going to be happy. The way I've gotten everybody calling 
the president Tito Biden. Okay, yeah. we stay calling him Tito Joe because of Berna. Between yeah. that and Moneybag Joe, that's my other favorite nickname for him. I can't. Can he just like forgive student debt already? Like... Girl, every day we stray further and further from God's light. Because I'm like, <laughs> be fucking for real. It's the real BFFR because you know <laughs> half of us voted for him because you prom like. Be fucking for real. I'm saying this directly to you. Be fucking for real, Tito Joe. You an octogenarian. I supported you for two reasons. Because you believe in public transportation and because you promised the student loan forgiveness. Stop playing with me. Stop playing with me. (laughs) So irritated. I have my PSLF, right? This is why I continue to work within the public sector. Because public student loan forgiveness. You don't got to be broke to do PSLF, you just have to work for a 501c3. Like I have making more more money now than I have ever made in my entire career, right? But the organization I work for is a 501c3, so it qualifies. You don't gotta be poor. Working in a nonprofit doesn't necessarily mean you have to struggle. I just want folks to like be very aware of that. I'm just saying you don't gotta be broke and to still be a social justice warrior. (laughs) Reminder. Two bougie bitches on here right now. So I know. I like nice shit. I like nice shit. Like, it's a problem. I wish I was like, I had cheap energy. I don't. Let's close it out with this. (laughs) (laughs) We were dropping gems. It's not unhinged. That's helpful and relatable. (laughs) We'll close it out with this though. What's a money win you want to be celebrating this year? Ooh. um, (laughs) Opening up a high yield savings account. Cause I've been delaying it for forever and girl, I, I did. I opened one. Yeah, okay. I, just, I did. I opened one. And because the fed keeps increasing those interest rates, my account is currently at 3.75, which is outrageous. Right. But like yeah. you can get as high as 4% yeah. with like other ones, which is like bonkers. Also like my credit score is like out brazy, right? I'm like, depending on the credit agency, it's like 800, 820. Like it's dumb. 799. Like it's, it's going off. Right. Like I'm a catch. <laughs> But of course I'm taken. So I check my budget every day. Like I understand that people are, some people who are like super anxious don't like, I am on the control side of anxiety. (laughs) And so if I can control it, I can manage it. Like to save, you can't just cut all your money. You can't cut all your expenses. You literally just have to make more money. They did a cost of living adjustment for us at our job. And I'm literally pretending I did not get a 10%. Absolutely. I'm pretending I'm struggle blessing, but I'm actually putting things away for savings because I know for a fact I have no choice but to get a bigger apartment in 2024 (laughs) because Uh, I have a toddler who's growing and he needs his own space. That's the thing. We got a bigger apartment because of this pandemic. Like so much of it is like, oh, we still love each other. We just need space. We cannot work next to each other for 24 hours a day. We were fighting over who got to use their second screen for conference calls. So yes, investing in a larger home is a necessity it's not a nice to have like you actually need it so that you don't kill each other we're making this tiny apartment work for now but it's helping me save for what we actually really really need mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. that's where we're at lately we love uh. a good money win <laughs> that's why it's like when you're off the struggle bus so much of it is like deprogramming yourself about what you were taught about what does success look like what is your overall goal is it what you were taught as a kid, especially with immigrant parents, you need to have a corner office and with a big title. So much of what the pandemic has taught us has been 
people realizing that work is a scam. (laughs) (laughs) You don't need to live to work. You work to live. That's a good reminder. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, of course, you need to like your coworkers. You need to like what you do. You need to feel like a contributor in the world. But like, your job doesn't have to be your personality. Yeah. It's like a while for me to unlearn that. It's really hard. I'm still learning at it. That's why, like, that's why we're not mentioning where I work on this podcast because so much. (laughs) I'm just saying. (laughs) Well, because I'm not defined by where I work. I'm defined by who I am. That's a mic drop. Thank you, Steph. All right, folks, we'll catch us next time.